women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. And a good nerve Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipska, delighted to be with you today and to be able to connect even in these times of isolation. Not a simple thing these days. It's difficult to really understand what's going on, but we certainly have incredible amounts of guidance. And I'm not speaking to you from the studio. I'm speaking to you long distance because, like many of you, we're in self-quarantine. It's very, very important that we understand the Torah's view on something like this, which is a crisis. It's different. Somehow the natural, normal, expected flow of things has been interrupted. And the instructions are new, different. Is something different good? Something different as this definitely has incredible, incredible good. A chance to put a chance to reflect, a chance to reconnect. A chance that many of us have prayed for, not to be swept up in the madness of using our time for superficial things, running here, running there, the schedule, the expectations, self-expectations, suddenly everything screeches to a halt. And of course we look to the Torah. We look to our Torah teachers, our mentors, for guidance. We look to them to give us a bit of balance, a bit of stability, direction. First place we look is in the Torah. And we see that the timing is quite amazing. We're approaching the month of liberation, the month of Nisan, the month of Pesach, and as a run-up, there are four special parshiot that are attached, that are an addendum to the parshas that we read normally during the cycle of going through the Torah. The first one was Shkalim, and that really is very much connected to preparing for Pesach or for the beginning of the Jewish cycle of months. And Shkalim was read on the 22nd day of February. It was on the Shabbos before we brought in the new month of Adar, which now is soon going to be finished as a preparation for the last month of the year, the 12th month, the month of Adar, the month of Purim, we had that special shkalim, which was a call to bring the half-coin shekel in order that the money would be put together for communal sacrifices for the entire year. So those shkalim are shkalim of unity. Everybody gives the same amount 
but together we take care of the whole community throughout the year. It's a unity coin, and it's only half to remind us that we need each other. After that, we missed a Shabbos, but then it was on the 7th of March, the 11th of Adar, right before Purim that we always read the parsha of Zachor. These parshiot are short. They're read at the end of the Torah reading. These are the, the maftir. This is the very end. This is the taste at the end. And that literally means remember. What must we remember? We must remember that there is something in this world called Amalek. And Amalek is akin to doubt, coldness. Amalek is not well thought out and passionate. Amalek, in a sense, is trying to be falsely well thought out and becomes foolishly passionate about going against God. Instead of being determined and passionate to go, to build, to connect to Hashem, Amalek is the one who dampens all of that with a false type of rationale. We prepare for Purim. And then, last week, on the 14th of March, the 18th of Adar, we had the third reading, which was Parra, the red heifer. Speaks about purification. And finally, this week, we have Hachodesh. We have a very special parsha that is always read on the Shabbos before the month of Nisan comes in or sometimes on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. It's a very special parsha because it's going to be called Parsha Hachodesh. We also read the 10th and 11th parshiot, the last two parshiot, double parsha, in the book of Shemot, book of Exodus. We're finishing the book of Exodus. And in addition, whenever we finish one of the five books of the Torah, it's called Shabbos Chazak, Shabbos of strengthening ourselves. And it's a very, very special parsha because... We are living in very strange times. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Ah, good nerve, Shabbos. On this special Shabbos Chazak, Shabbos Parshas HaChodesh, and where we read two Parshas together, a double Parsha. Now this fourth parsha of the four special Torah readings in preparation to end the Jewish year and begin the Jewish year. So you might be saying, isn't the end of the Jewish year in Elul and the beginning of the Jewish year in Tishrei with Rosh Hashanah? Indeed, we have two, two beginnings and we have one of them coming up now. In fact, there are four 
Rosh Hashanahs as they were. We have the Rosh Hashanah for the trees. We have the Rosh Hashanah for kings, for water. There's all kinds of things. But this special month that's ahead of us, the month of redemption, the month of Pesach, is a month to which we as a Jewish people are very connected because it is the month in which we became a nation. The beginning of the month, the first day of Nisan, a mitzvah was given to Moshe to transmit to us that we must start the process actively by taking a lamb and keeping it for four days and that it would ultimately be offered as the Paschal offering. In this month, we had the smiting of the firstborns. It's the nation that we became, not only because of the plagues that Hashem did, but because of the effort, the stretch, the Mesiras Nefesh, the self-sacrifice that we ourselves did in our lives. There are many things that come naturally. Our parents taught us. We know how to do this. It's natural. Comes Friday night, we do this. Friday afternoon, we do that. We will light candles. We will have challah, kitka. We will have a Pesach Seder. We'll have the family for Rosh Hashanah. We'll go to shul. And that's what we do. But sometimes, and often, and these days it feels very often for people, there are differences, and we call them challenges. The challenges in relationships, the challenges in child-rearing, the challenges in health, the challenges that are financial in Parnosa. And we find ourselves in a time where we desperately need guidance in all of these. But guidance doesn't get it done. We have to do the work. And we often wonder, I've been working at this for so long, I don't think it's ever going to get better. But we have guidance that when we do our best, Hashem does the rest. And if He hasn't yet done it, we haven't yet done our human but vital part in setting things into motion so that Hashem in His infinite, godly, powerful way will step in and complete what has to happen. This month, when the Jewish people had to show tremendous self-sacrifice this coming month, and it coincides with next Thursday, where Hashem told Moshe, tell them to bring the lamb. So what's so hard about bringing a lamb? Keep it in your house for four days. Well, we know now we have the children in the house for four days. It's not simple. Tie it to your bedpost. No. But when we realize that the Jewish people had been in Egypt for 210 years and had very much learned from their neighbors, they had to a greater or lesser degree, most of them had assimilated. And the lamb was the deity, the god of the Egyptians. 
And that's like saying, jump off a roof. You do this, your neighbors will come in and kill you. But it was the word of God. And they came. They did. And because of this effort that they made, they were redeemed. We are approaching the first day of Nisan this coming month. It will happen on Thursday. The seven days that we are in now that started yesterday are the seven days leading up to the actual coming down from heaven of God's presence. And it was seven days of the efforts of Moshe, human effort, the efforts of Moshe to put up the tabernacle and disassemble it every day. These were the days that led up. Man made an effort. The people had built the tabernacle with tremendous self-sacrifice, and they brought down God's presence. So from the 23rd to the 29th of the month of Adar, from yesterday till next Wednesday, tremendous effort was made then. And the result was God broke through all barriers and rested his presence, sent down a fire, brought his Shekhinah into the work of the hands of the people. And it became known as the day that received ten crowns, where ten amazing things happened. We need to actually look at these four special readings and to see how they can propel us, prepare us for the month that is ahead. The first, Shkalim, where everybody had to give a half shekel. The message of, I need the other. I need to be connected to the other in order to bring down blessings for myself, to be able to participate in the communal offering. It's a message of humility. Picture us now in our homes, not leaving our homes, shouldn't leave our homes for the good of someone we might never have met so that they stay healthy. Having our children at home, a huge kind of adjustment. And we do need to go through an adjustment period. It's not a smooth transition. Humility, connection, concern for the other, that the other should also be complete. Zachor means remember. We need to learn from the past. And we need not to let go of our passion because we have to remember what Amalek tried to do when he attacked us as he was, as we were on the way to get the Torah from Egypt to get the Torah. It bothered him that we would have such belief in God and such passion and such unquestioning devotion. We need to learn from the past, revive that passion. And connect with Hashem above understanding. Yes, we need to study and learn. But ultimately, that's not why we connect to Hashem. Because it makes sense. It appeals to us. It's the, the tradition. No. It's because 
I believe. Now we all believe. We have an inherent belief, which is a Yerusha, an inheritance from our parents and their parents all the way back to Abraham. And the truth is, we just need to reveal it. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Amazing that we could be together today. Despite the distances between us, Hashem creates airwaves. Hashem creates a possibility of connection. And we're able to harness what Hashem has put into this world and use it for good. Thank you, Chai FM. And we're speaking about four special parshas that prepare us for Pesach, that prepare us for the new month, which is actually called the Rosh Chodesh of all the months. It's the, the head of all the months. And that's the month that we're approaching, and God chose that month because it is within that month that we, his beloved nation, were formed as a nation. So what is needed in order to achieve this? What's needed from our part? First, shkalim, half shekel. you got to give, but you got to remember that you can't do it on your own. We need to join with somebody else's half shekel to be a whole shekel. And we need to do our part. And then Hashem will do His, because can't do it on our own. And Hashem says He can't do it on His own, because the nature of the way He created the world is that it's up to us to elicit from Him what's up to Him. It's all in our hands. Humility and connection, learning from the past, and being passionate, not to be over-calculating. That's Parsha Zohar. Parsha's Para, the red heifer. Purity. Refinement. Yes, it's possible to change. So many of us say, you know what? I've tried so many times. I'm just not a good person. Do you know the things I've done in my life? Do you know how many people I've hurt? Do you know how many harsh words I've said? Do you know how many mistakes I've made? I made them years ago. I made them yesterday. I'm stuck. I'm just bad. And the message of Para Aduma is, it's never too late. And when we become humble and determined, passionate, Hashem sprinkles us with the special, divine refinement, purification. He purifies us with something that to us doesn't look spiritual, but there is spirituality in the physical because he has infused it with that. The story told of the holy Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, in Tzfas, known as the Ari, the Arizal, the Ari HaKodesh. And once somebody came knocking on his door, and it was before the new year. It was in the month of Elul. 
When he opened the door, he was so surprised to see it was a notorious criminal. Somebody who had plundered, murdered, pillaged, raped, destroyed so many lives. The most feared man in the entire territory. He said to him, what do you want? He said, I want to change my ways. Riza looked at him and he said, go to the rabbis of Tzvat, they will help you. And the man burst into tears and he said, I've been to them. They said, there's no hope for me. So the rabbi said, look, let me think about it for a while and you'll come back. When he came back, told him to come in, he said, okay, tell me all the things you've ever done. And the man began to list such a horrendous string of things that he had done to people. And Ari said to him, look, I don't know if this can ever be atoned for. And he begged him and he pleaded. And eventually he said to him, come back right before Yom Kippur. When he came in, he asked him again to tell him everything that he had done. Mary said to him, are you prepared to die for your sins? He said, I'm prepared to die. I, I can't live with this. So the Ari said, you're going to have to die by a terrible death. He said, I don't care. And he wept and he wept and he begged and he pleaded, help me, help me. The Ari said, you're going to have to die by swallowing a spoonful of molten lead going to go down into your breathing passages, it's going to congeal, and you'll die. Hot, boiling, molten lead. So the man said, I'm ready to die. The Arizal said, I'm going to blindfold you. He called his servant to bring the hot lead, and he came with a pot with a fire under it, with lead inside and a spoon and he tied up his eyes and he said, okay, confess all your sins with great weeping and tears. The man confessed and begged Hashem to forgive him and begged the Ari to help him. And at that moment, the Ari said, here comes the molten lead prepared to die. But the last minute, he swapped it for a spoon of honey. The man opened his mouth and this honey came in and the man began to scream, you're mocking me. You brought me here to, to shame me and mock me. And, and Yari took off the blindfold and he said, no. He said, you were so prepared to die. You were so broken. You were so ready to do anything. There's no need for you to die. May you have a good and sweet year. Please go in peace. And may Hashem give you a good life. Can you imagine? No mistake is ever too late. It is a time now where we are in our homes with our dear ones, where all the things we normally run around with have suddenly shut down. Nobody's expecting us at the shops, at the theater, at the restaurant, at the office, in the classroom. No. 
Everything has become inward, home-based. All the things we've ever wanted. I need more time for myself to pray, for my children, to be with my wife, to be with my husband. Well, watch what you pray for. Para, the parsha of last week, is a parsha that we can achieve purity, refinement. We can change. It's possible. When we do our best, Hashem does the rest. We don't know how. It looks like molten lead is going to stop us from breathing. And then Hashem replaces it with sweetness. And the sweetness that we feel when we've done our best. We live in a generation where people expect the rabbi to do it for you. They expect the leaders of the community to carry it out. Who am I? I'm a small person. Let the chev take care of the poor people. And let the rabbi take care of the, the shul services. And, and let, let the doctors take care of the sick. Me. I'm just an ordinary citizen. We have the power. We have the power to take care of other people, to give a lot of tzedakah, the power to pray directly to Hashem, as we will be doing from our homes. We have the power to cheer up the bride. And these days, look how weddings are totally scaled down. We have power, the power of one, to change things, but most of all, change yourself. Nobody can change you as much as you can change yourself. And now we have Shabbos HaChodesh, renewal to begin again. Here we are. Let's do our part. Let's give that shekel no matter how small. Let's remember and let's be passionate. Let's be determined to change. And Hashem will Meet us more than halfway. Determined to purify ourselves. Determined to break away from the bad habits of the past. And Hashem will grant us renewal. Because if we look at what we have to do, it's the first three. We have to give that half shekel. We have to give. We have to do our part. We have to remember. We have to be passionate. We have to examine our past and do what it takes to be determined not to do those things anymore. Determined to change, to grow. And what does Hashem do? He sends us a brand new world. Thursday will be a new Rosh Hashanah. It's the beginning of the cycle of the months. It's a godly gift. What's it about? When we look at the moon, the moon has an interesting cycle. The moon basically begins as a sliver, within 15 days becomes a full ball, begins to diminish, and for a few days at the end of the month isn't even seen. But it's not gone. There's the promise of renewal. It can begin 
all over again, and so can we. And the parsha that we read this week, as an additional parsha hachodesh, not a short parsha. It's a parsha where Hashem told Moshe to give the Jewish people their very first mitzvah, and they were still in Egypt. They were still in Mitzrayim. And which mitzvah did he pick? He picked the mitzvah of the new moon, the mitzvah of time, the mitzvah to count the days and to sight the new moon. The Jewish nation is compared to the moon. We ourselves know we're like the moon. Sometimes we're full moon, strong, bright, focused. Sometimes we're growing. Sometimes we're in darkness. But there's always the opportunity and promise of the rebirth of the moon, and that's us. And so while still in Egypt, that was a very wonderful mitzvah and a very appropriate mitzvah. What was the first mitzvah? The mitzvah was the mitzvah of counting time. Now, until then, there had been a slave nation, enslaved to the Egyptians, when to wake up, how many bricks to make, when to break for something to eat, when the day was done, what to wear. Well, thank God, the Jewish people were told, we are told, didn't change their garments. That was one of their merits. They did resist the Egyptians in certain things. But more or less, the slave mentality crept in, and they relied. They didn't think for themselves. They were trapped, very much like we are in today's world. And while still enslaved in Egypt, Hashem told Moshe to tell them the first mitzvah is to count the months to watch when the new moon appears and to declare it as a Rosh Chodesh. The lesson for us, here we are. Our schedules are broken. It's a chance for us to reclaim time. A chance for us to become determined to schedule our own priorities. It's time to make a calendar. According to what? According to the moon. The moon. That's us. According to ourselves. We are the moon. The connection between Jews and the moon. We count our months according to the moon. We are like the moon. Waxing and waning. Originally the moon and the sun were both static. They were both big. And Hashem decided to diminish the moon. And make it able to grow. But even when it's diminishing, it's on its way to growing again. And in a sense, the new cycle is always greater than the one before. Here we are still in exile. The Jews were still in Egypt. And they were told, make a schedule. Count according to the moon. Count the days. Make your days count. We too. 
we're in exile, we're in Golis, and it's not predictable. It's up and it's down. But the very first mitzvah is to count according to the reappearance of the month. Even when the moon seems gone, we take courage. We remember the moon will reappear, but at a higher level so that we don't get caught again in the nonsense of the world and according to the dictates of the world. Who's the world? Nobody's the world. Some faceless, nameless, non-existent conglomeration of what? Of who? Let's reclaim leadership, each one of us, in our families, in our communities, most of all, within ourselves, which will radiate out and become a full moon to others. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. And here we are. Here we are as somebody sent this meme this past week, what a year this past week has been. And amazingly, we're all in it together. Initially, people thought they had to explain it to each other or explain it away, or it's only happening in China, or did you kind of hear what's happening in a neighborhood somewhere in Italy, in, in New York? And here we are. And Hashem is moving us around in a way that we cannot even believe. Till now we had an imposed reality, schedule. Now we need to schedule ourselves to recalculate our reality. Hashem has given us a gift. He has released us from our hectic schedules. He's literally discouraged us, in many cases forbidden us, to go to work, to go to shul. He hasn't forbidden us to pray. He doesn't want us interacting with one another for a while. In many cases, there are many of us who aren't even able to leave our homes now. He's removed family members from us. Little children mustn't interact with their grandparents. What? Our children came this week from Beijing. I haven't seen them. They've rented a house. They're in self-quarantine for two weeks. Our granddaughters came from Israel. Our grandson came from Yeshiva in Russia. They're in lockdown, as it were. Our daughter came from Mauritius to buy for Pesach, matzahs and things. Flight was canceled to go back. No flights going into Mauritius. Stuck here. Hashem, what are you doing? Hashem knows what he's doing. Initially, it's hard for us. We want to cry. I just want to hug my grandchild. And Hashem says, not now. Stay home. Hashem has taken away our preconceived ideas of how we're going to spend our time. I must dress like this. I must behave like that. He's kind of played 
with all of the things that are external, dressing, social interaction, run shopping, celebrate our wedding, our bar mitzvah, Pesach. He's turned everything on his head in one fell swoop. Wow, Hashem. I've got new respect for you. You are more powerful than coronavirus. You made coronavirus. Everything in this world is by exact divine plan and direction down to every last molecule. And because we're partners with God in creation, as we are moving toward the completion of God's plan as to why he created the world, he's handed the responsibility for handling our time and our lives back to us. But he's been very helpful, hugely helpful, because he's interfered with our lives, tied our hands behind our backs. May all those who have been stricken, who are suffering, be eased and healed. But the message is down with the superficial, down with the unimportant. Is my lipstick nice? Are my stockings torn? Big deal. Down with mass opinion. This month is for you. The rebirth of the month. Lochem for each and every one of us. Let's make it our own. Let's think for ourselves. Let's choose for ourselves. This too will pass. We don't want to come out on the other side holding on to things that are not really a reflection of our inner selves and of where we want this world to go. People with all advances in technology, we're worrying. If this is what's happening to our children, I shudder to think about the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren. Choose for yourself what kind of world do you want? What kind of life do you want? What kind of family do you want? No longer must we go with the flow. We must actually create a new world. From the word chodosh, brand new. Let's take the strength that's needed to become Hashem's partner in creation. Let's choose to build this world. Not like in Egypt with forced labor. They forced us to build treasure cities for them. They were not real treasures. Cities for Pharaoh. But let's voluntarily, lovingly build a sanctuary for Hashem. That's the Parsha. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Where were the Jews told to build this sanctuary? In the desert. In a wilderness. In an unstructured place. A place devoid of society, devoid of the pressure of human beings in society. A place where it's a desert, you just better survive. Have what to eat, have what to drink, have some shelter. Like right now, this is our times. Liberation, Pesach. Liberation, personal, 
National Universal is around the corner. It's ahead. This is the time that God has given us. Very much like the first of Nisan, where he says, I want you to take the lamb, tie it to your bedposts, hold it for four days, break through preconceived notions that you really don't believe in, and reveal your inner emuna, your God-given inner belief and faith and trust. Work on it, because nobody can do that for you. God gives us the gift of emuna, the gift of belief, but it gets covered over by externalities, by superficialities. Let's Think, consult, study, pray. Let's understand that the shul is not the center of Jewish life. The home is the center of Jewish life. Think of the main mitzvahs that we can do. Even if we're, God forbid, washed up on a desert island. Can you have a mezuzah, of course? Can you give charity tzedakah? Of course. Can you keep kosher? Of course you can. Light Shabbos candles? No question about. Put on tefillin? Sure. Educate your children. Study the Torah? Of course. All of these things. And above all, show love. Ava. Avat Yisrael. We're in exciting times. Shkalim. Love. Giving to others. Zachor. Passion. Para. Purity. Hachodesh. Renewal. When we give the love. When we build the passion. When we opt for purity and change. Hashem gives us the new moon, the renewal. These are exciting times. Exciting times for the whole world. It's not just in China, just in Wuhan. It's not just in Italy. It's not just in Brussels. It's not just in New York. It's right here. All of us together are holding hands across the world. And I'm excited to see what's going to come next. This has been an amazing week. Hashem has turned the whole world on its head. Everyone's at home. Recalculating as to how we're going to make this world a home for Hashem. What a parsha! And it begins with Shabbos. The parsha, the first parsha of Ayakel, speaks to us about Shabbos. What is Shabbos? Shabbos is the pause, the preparation. Shabbos is the culmination of the week before in preparation for the new week. And although Moshe now has come down off the mountain and he's telling the people to build a home for God, before he does that, he reminds the people they must keep Shabbos. They mustn't let their excitement for building this tabernacle allow them to break or transgress any of the prohibitions of working on the seventh day. 
Because spiritually, every week is a repetition of the first week where God created the world. And let's remember that Hashem recreates the world in the six days of the week. And He rests every Shabbos. What does it mean God rests? God rests by re-experiencing the original idea that he had, which brought about creation. During the six days of creation originally, 5,780 and a half years ago, Hashem created the world. He attended to the details of bringing his design into being. After the master architect completed his masterpiece, he looked at it and he reviewed it as a fulfillment of his plan. So during the six days of the week, now, every single day, it is being recreated. We are being recreated by God's creative energy. On Shabbos, the world is created by God's resting energy. So our job on Shabbos is not to try and fix creation, perfect creation, which is our work throughout the week. Our job on Shabbos is to experience creation as the divine world, the divine place for God's dwelling Mm -hmm. that we have worked throughout the week Mm -hmm. to complete. Mm -hmm. How do we enter that kind of Mm -hmm. mindset Mm -hmm. by refraining from the 39 categories of created work, Mm -hmm. creative work Mm -hmm. that we do in our weekday lives? Mm -hmm. So Shabbos is also an activity, but it's not being proactive, but refraining from those things and dedicating ourselves to resting by studying the Torah, connecting with our families, praying without distraction, bringing body and soul together by having kosher special foods that nurture the body and the soul a time of joy, of singing, a time of reflecting on the past week. But not just how much money did I make and so on, how many important people did I connect with, but how am I doing to make this world a divine resting place for God? For that, indeed, is why I'm in this world. And that, indeed, is why I'm married to who I'm married to. Why these particular children are my children. Why this particular neighbor is my neighbor. Why this particular friend is my friend. Let's join together, although we're apart. As one man with one heart, let's understand that there's something great in the times in which we are living. We are dancing. We're still in exile. People are still in pain. And there's a bitterness. But at the same time, we're preparing 
our instruments, our tambourines, to be able to thank Hashem with great singing, dancing, and joy. Our work, to take what is challenging now and turn it into sweetness, and Hashem will do the rest. Have a good Shabbos. Don't forget that we light our candles earlier. We'll be lighting them at 6 o'clock. And Shabbos goes out at 12 minutes to 7 tomorrow night. May we merit to celebrate the ultimate redemption. Good Shabbos.